The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in everybody to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all for joining us here this Wednesday evening, or if you're checking us out on one of your favorite places to listen to your podcast. It is always a pleasure to hang out with you all and talk about what's going on in the wide world of sports. It is DJ joined as always by my co-host Kelsey and you know what, Kelsey? We got ourselves a little bit of a fun show today. We're going to start off with some some interesting things, and then we're going to play a little bit of a game for the main event as well, too. And you want to be wide awake for that one. I think it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, you know, we're wide awake. We're prepped to go. We are excited to be here. Uh, it's been a fun day and been a fun, interesting day, I think it should, should be said. Uh, I even have a, you know, glowing shadow behind me because the lighting in my place decided to have it go on the fritz today. Um, so we have a whole new lighting setup, which is not pretty right now, so making this mustache look a little weird. But no, we were gonna be wide awake for this this entire one. We get to play a new game, and, and that's something we don't do often. We don't we don't play games. We're usually the rants, recaps, and rankings. Well, today we're having a little bit more fun with the game. I'm excited Absolutely. for it. You know, I didn't even know there was a shadow. I just thought it was like a magic man behind you, like his Game of Thrones and the shadow is sneaking up on you. So I was getting ready to say, wait, look out! But you, you made it this long, so it can't be that bad. No, I mean it may, may people might just you know think it's my my giant ego. I don't know, um, you know whatever. Barely fit through the door with this thing. Well, you know what? If anyone's get better at keeping your ego in check than me, I'd like to meet them. But that's a, I think that's a good way to lead us right into our first segment. That'll take us, of course, into the tip-off. The tip-off, of course, brought to you by our friends at SeatGeek. Use code Bella Sports for $20 off your first order. Get yourself some tickets to these fun sporting events. And we're going to go and take a look at some headlines around the world of sports. And I think the big mini bombshell of the day, I'd say, is Deshaun Watson, starting quarterback of the Browns. Um. That shoulder injury looks like it's a little bit worse than anticipated. It looks like it's a broken bone in his shoulder to go along with a high ankle sprain, and he is out for the season. And um, I'm gonna start by saying, did not see that coming. I like I thought the shoulder was gonna be a bug thing throughout the year, maybe like something that aggravates, comes back and forth. Didn't think we we're gonna have something that was gonna take him out for the season, require surgery for long term for a long term health, but. Interesting enough, that kind of makes the second half against the Ravens that much more impressive. But at the same time, it kind of leaves the Browns in a all right, you got you've had arguably the worst combined quarterback play all season. When you look statistically, you should be fine in theory moving forward. But it's not it's not always it's not always how it looks on paper like that. So initial reaction when I saw this, my thought was that sucks for the Browns. But I think if any team could survive losing their starting quarterback without having Josh Dobbs like they could have had, but they decided to trade him away. This this seems kind of built to continue the ride they're on. Plus, they got some tiebreakers already. So. We'll see. It definitely makes the AFC race for the wild card a lot more interesting going forward. That's for sure. Oh yeah, no, it's exciting uh, for the for the Browns. Um, you know, you talk about the AFC East, maybe makes it a little bit less frightening for some of the bottom dwellers in the here in here in the East. Uh, or sorry, AFC North. Yes, <laughs> sorry, not East. Ooh, getting my divisions mixed up here. Uh, but yeah, no, it, you know, it is. It, it does make things a little more interesting going down uh, down to the stretch. But I will say that. One, the Browns learned from the last time they had a quarterback with a shoulder fracture to not let him put his ego out there and to just, you know what, cut it off at its knees and just say, here you go. You're going to go get surgery before we even go any further. Uh, it's Wednesday. They just said, you know what, you're getting surgery, season-ending surgery, done. We're over with. Um, a potential, I guess potential season-ending surgery because there's a potential he comes back in the playoffs if they make it there, um, which, yes, I did just say playoffs and Browns in the same Two sentences? Oh, man, are we already there? Are we, are we already talking about the playoffs and, and the Browns as a potential combination here? Maybe I'm jinxing it. 
hopefully a little curse of the commentator. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, it it is. I mean, it's interesting in a lot of ways. Like you mentioned it. This might be the one team that you're okay with them losing their starting quarterback because Stefanski's offense is very much a run heavy play action, throw it off to the short flats and, and maybe mid range, you know, out route. Like there's not a lot of complexity to it. Occasionally take you a big shot over the top and PJ Walker has shown he's the guy that can do that as it, I mean, assuming PJ Walker takes the role here. Yeah, um, it'll be DTR this week against the Steelers. So welcome yeah. back. Rookie. You got your first start on 30 minutes. Now you get a full, now you get three days to go against the Steelers and the Ravens. Welcome to the AFC North. You're not like UCLA anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so we'll see how he does. I mean, if DTR can, let's say DTR claims this spot for his own, I think that's very intriguing um, because you just like we talked about, you have a $250 million man on the shelf here, $230 million man on the shelf here uh, with a throwing shoulder injury. How does he come back from this when he comes back? Or, I mean, if DTR takes this and runs with it, I mean, maybe, maybe it's not too out of the question to consider obviously him being done for the season, uh, Deshaun being done for the season, but then like, Beyond that, maybe, maybe they pursue something. I don't know. There's there's a lot of options out there, but I I think for the Browns, they're yeah, you know, it sucks. You just lost your starting quarterback, who's looking like he's you know finally getting it back. But uh, I mean, he got a boo boo. It's okay. It happens. I will say, if DTR does take that role, it makes things very interesting because we talk about the contract with Deshaun and Nazim. It's kind of the big thing. Last year was obviously kind of some funny money. They re- rearranged it because he's suspended. This year they reworked a lot of that, so it was like a nineteen million dollar hit. It is like sixty seven million dollars the next three years, and you can't really rework that since it's all guaranteed. So like this was kind of their, for lack of a better terms, this year was their window to go all in and go after. But you look at that contract now, there is going to be a lot of new faces on that are on this team right now that might not be there next year. That are, can't be there next year. There's, I don't see how. You, that's a huge. He's going to be the highest played player in the league for the next three years comfortably with that considering how they push that money down the line. And there's not a whole lot you can do to rework it at this point, unless you're going to have them like push it down the next two years and make them a hundred million dollars in the, in that final year. I don't know. But by the way, things are looking like is Amari Cooper still going to be there next year. That's part of the reason Dallas got rid of him is they couldn't pay him necessarily. Miles Garrett's obviously going to be there, but who else is getting gutted from that top number one ranked defense? Denzel Ward. I don't grant Del Pitt's coming up. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know what's going to happen there. It's going to be very interesting moving forward. What I will also say is if this Browns team, let's say not only makes a little bit of that run to the playoffs and holds true, let's say they even make it win the division somehow because it's not off the table. I mean, the Bengals win on Thursday, and then they beat the Steelers on Sunday. They're at the top of the division because it's that clustered. Miles Garrett's making a real case for MVP at that point. If He's already making a strong case for defensive player of the year. He should yeah. arguably be the front runner, if not 1A, 1B with TJ Watt. If the Browns go to the playoffs on the back of this defense and win the division, and let's say DTR doesn't light it up, he just plays steady like what they've been getting all year. Unless he unless he looks like CJ Dobbs or CJ Stroud out there or Josh Dobbs or something. But let's just say it stays true. You got to make a serious case for Miles Garrett at MVP, especially the way he's been going as well, too, because he's been rolling these last few weeks. He's really turned it up and up another notch, even by Miles Garrett's standards. So for the Browns, it's definitely not over yet, but it definitely it's a shot in the arm, no pun intended, to to lose him right now, especially when you finally for a half. They clearly simplified the offense, turned it into nothing. I think he threw two passes over over five yards. Maybe it was three. I didn't see the exact chart, but it worked. You attack the Ravens defense where you could. It was flat routes to David and Joku. It was short, intermediate. It was what you needed. They found a way to make it work, and he looked comfortable improvising that sort of thing, too. He wasn't Kirk Cousins. They let him be a little erratic in ways that work for him as an ultimate improviser, which is what he does. So we'll have to see. I'm... 
I like DTR. I still think he has a future as a starting quarterback, although this is not what I had in mind for him. I had in mind for it being like a year, maybe two, get some time, get some reps, not, hey, here's your first start on 30 minutes against the best defense in the NFL. By the way, here's your second start on three days, no against the third best defense in the NFL. Good luck, kid. So, oh, by the way, you don't have Nick Chubb for any of this either. So if the yeah. if any team could survive this, it is the Browns. Miles Garrett can make a serious push for MVP during this run too. I, obviously, he's not going to get it, but this year, who's who's get who who stands out for it? Like, who's the MVP right now? Josh Dobbs. I mean, what? Sorry, is that he's as good as case is just about anyone. I mean, your boy Dak Prescott the last few weeks has made a push for it as well too. But there's you look at it, the normal contenders for MVP are not there right now. So you never know in a weird year like this, maybe Miles Garrett goes on this little bit of run, leads the Browns to their first ever division title since they came back. Yeah. Just saying, I'm not ruling it out as well. I'm not ruling it out. He's already got 11 sacks on the safety, blocked field goal, multiple force fumbles. He's had himself quite the season already. He's already, in my opinion right now, is defensive player of the year. And there's still, there's plenty of room there too. So just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. What's that? Hey, look, that's a fair assessment. I mean, it, It'll be interesting, uh, but yeah, I think I think DTR. I think this is gonna be a very intri- interesting test here. Um, I don't know. I, I I I've liked DTR. I you know his one problem has always been trying to throw that mid middle deep ball, uh, especially middle deep outside the numbers. The ball tends to flutter on him, or you know when it's mid range, he tends to either soar it or skip it. There's no in between. He doesn't seem to hit his target in the chest. He doesn't seem to hit his target in the hands. It's either way over the head or it's skipping, which is just you know a sign of. Of overcompensating, either you're overcompensating with your arm, and that's what you're making to throw it over, or you're overstriding, um, trying to make up for that and not compensate as much with your arm, and you're skipping the ball. Um, so you know, there's there's two different aspects to it, but that, yeah, it is you know something with DTR you always have to worry about. But same time, it's not part of the Browns' offense, so again, not as con- concerning. But yeah, this might be. I mean, this might turn into what is a one maybe two season run for the Browns where they have to either get it done or get out. I mean, like get out of a contract here very quickly. Um, like you said, so it'd be interesting to see going forward. But uh, I do think this week, I think is, is going to be very telling for what their plan is going forward. We'll go ahead and round it off on this one. We thought it was kind of hard when we did our preseason predictions to predict this team in the beginning of the coming into this season. Gosh, it's going to be so hard next year. Your starting quarterback's coming off a major shoulder and your best offensive player, Nick Chubb is coming off a major knee. Like, all your like your best two players sure, are having injuries to the most important body parts. Yeah. Like, a, good luck picking this team next year. Going to like you could assume they're healthy, then they're not. You assume they're injured, then they're healthy. Like we're this is gonna be fun for our preseason predictions next year. This is gonna be a real doozy for us. I don't even want to look forward to next year. I'm still trying to manage my way through this year. This is just wild enough as it is. I, I, my point is made because it's good. We have still have the rest of this year to play out, which has made us look silly and smart and dumb at the same time. But moving on now from getting on the injury reserve. To another guy losing his job in a different way is Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, was shipped out of Buffalo. Unfortunately, a very down season for Buffalo. I think it's safe to say so far, a very erratic season. Something had to go, and unfortunately, he's the one that kind of catches the axe in the situation, which he was not perfect, but the Bills offense, by every statistical category, was in the top 10 for the most part. The problem was they turned it over, and when they got close to field goal range, they stalled. They They didn't run the ball. They quit. They tried to throw five-step, 12-yard routes when you need, like, five yards to get in field goal range. They had an inability to get from, from like, the 25 to the opposite 45. They were dynamite. Problem is going 45 in where you get into, like, that 45-yard-ish field goal range and more, they is where they always stall if they didn't score a touchdown. They got stuck in no man's land, and that turned into Josh Allen uh, 
regressing worse than the mean. I think is how we'll describe his point. Playing some of his best and worst football that, and all in the same play sometimes. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know who's going to call the plays at this point. I don't know what their answer is here. Like maybe it revitalizes them. Maybe it's just kind of sometimes addition by subtraction. I don't know, but we'll see. I get, it's not all Dorsey's fault, but he's clearly flawed. And honestly, I kind of had this. We remember last year's little temper tantrum after the Dolphins loss, where he's just where he's spiking things. It looks like a kid who just lost at Call of Duty. That at that point, we kind of had to have known the writing should have been on the wall. He was probably not the guy for the job. But yeah. at this one, I don't think it solves the issue. I guess is what I'm looking at. While he was not the answer, him firing. I don't know if it's going to solve the issue this year. Yeah, you know they always talk about this, right? There's always got to be somebody's head on the line. Um, when you're this, like you are for all intents and purposes, that good of a team, it's obvious the talent's there. There's nobody questioning the talent of this team. Um, if you are, maybe get your eyes checked because they are a very talented team. But as you said, they hit a breaking point every time they drive down the field. I say it's more like the 30, but I mean, yeah, your, your point stands a 40 yard field goal. Um, but that 30 in, if they don't score from basically 35 out, 45 out, they're not getting in. Um, it is just how it always seems. And Tyler Bass racking up fantasy points for everybody. Um, so eventually, yeah, you look at that and maybe, okay, well, look, when we had Brian Dabble, this wasn't a problem. Like that's probably their, their, their first look. And it's like, well, that doesn't exactly equal apples and apples. That's more like apples and oranges. It did happen too. It just, there was fewer turnovers in between a little bit less Josh Allen being Josh Allen, but yeah. And, And that's the thing is like, you have to look at the, there's a lot there and, and maybe it's not feeling comfortable in the system, which is why Josh Allen is now is throwing so many picks or throwing so many, having bad turnovers. This, I mean, this whole team is having turnover issues. Just, I can't even just put it on Josh Allen. Like, obviously, he is the headliner of this team, but this whole team is having issues. James Cook fumbling the ball, getting literally getting the ball ripped out out of his hands at, at certain points in the season. I mean, it's, it is everybody on this team. Dalton Kincaid just watching the ball fly through his hands wide open on third and short, like. There's lots of problems on this team, top to bottom, and you just look at that. And if you're the if you're the team, I, I think this, they just looked at it as just like, all right, well, it's an offensive problem. Who's the head of the offense? Offensive coordinator gone. Like that's just how it is. Um, I'm intrigued though. This Joe Brady conversation has come up before. Obviously, you're talking about a guy who Joe Burrow had a fantastic career at LSU with, but when he got his shot the next year, Joe Brady as an OC, it didn't work out very well. He made it what four games, five games before. I think he made it to the midseason mark before Carolina let him go. Give or yeah, take. okay, so not very, not long enough. So at the time, eight games, and you got let go. Congratulations, you were an eight game OC. Um, but he has time. You know, we've seen it all all the time in the NFL. A guy goes back down and comes back up, and he's you revitalized. It's completely different, and with a different team, different quarterback, different situation. I, I, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. He does. Joe Brady has that buddy buddy mentality. It seems that fits with Josh Allen because it fit with Joe Burrow, and they're very similar mentality wise. Uh, at least, you know, I believe that to be the case. They seem very similar in the way they want to play. They just want to go out there and win and put their body on the line if that's what it takes. So I think this might be a match made in heaven for Joe Brady and, and Josh Allen. We'll see. I might eat my words in three weeks. I don't know yet. Um, but yeah, they had to make a change. Hopefully, this does galvanize this team because my fantasy team cannot keep getting goose eggs. From half of this offense, it's off. I do want to. I do want to say one thing. This offense, just from afar, I think Dawson Knox getting healthy helps. I think those two tight end sets really, really helped simplify the offense a little bit as well, as opposed to the three receiver sets they've had to kind of go back to. And they need it at some point. I don't know how they do it because the salary caps can get real wonky when you have to start paying people at the end of this season. When Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and all those kick in, Von Miller's ridiculous contract. 
they they really could use just a reliable number two receiver. I'm not saying a flashy guy. I'm saying a guy to get first downs. Let's but Gabe, Gabe Davis is fun. He's a deep threat, but how many times does he just disappear? The ball goes through his hands over the middle. He's fun for those 40-yard bombs and those 25-yard ridiculous out routes. Like He's fun, but he's not someone you trust to move the chains necessarily. You could tell it is Stephon Diggs saved me more often than not if Gabe Davis isn't yeah. running free. They, they struggle with the same issue the Cowboys do. The Cowboys have Michael Gallup, and they have Brandon Cooks. Neither is really a number two receiver. Both run great routes down the sidelines. Brandon Cooks is probably yeah, closer to a number. Do what? Unless they're playing the Giants. Then they're yeah, all number the Giants, And everybody's wide open, it seems mm-hmm. like. But realistically, I mean, you talk about Brandon Cooks not even being involved in the, in the Cowboys because he has already has a guy playing his position in Michael Gallup. And Michael Gallup literally only exists to catch 40-yard bombs over the top of a corner and, you know, do the tap on his head afterwards. Like, that's what he exists to do. CeeDee Lamb is the, is the yards getter. Jake Peter Ferguson, yards getter. If you again, if you're getting beat by Jake Ferguson, I question your guys' abilities as a defense. Anyways, um, I, I look at that and then I look at you know the same thing with the Bills. Yeah, there's really not a number two. The best time Josh Allen has ever had is when his number two was Emmanuel Sanders. How good was that as a number two? Emmanuel Sanders would just pop up out of nowhere, like, hey, um, hi, I'm standing here in the front middle corner of the end zone. Nobody is near me because they're watching you scramble around. So just anytime. You know, you want to put it in my vicinity. Like, it could be a couple yards this way, a couple yards. I'll, I'll catch it. Don't worry, Josh. I got you. Like, that's exactly what would happen. And lo and behold, guess what? Emmanuel Sanders saved the day more often than not. Stephon Diggs had his, had a career year that year. Uh, Josh Allen, that's his best year of, of, of his NFL career so far. Um, Dawson Knox. That's when Dawson Knox came onto the, the scene. You know, this is having a clutch number two. I don't even it has to be, it doesn't have to be clutch, but, like, having a number two, I look at, a guy like Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, as much as I love T Higgins, when T Higgins is not on the field, Tyler Boyd is the go-to number two. Like, and honestly, even when T Higgins is on the field, he's still probably Tyler Boyd is still probably the number two guy out there. Um, and just kind of the, the way it works out, the way his abilities are. And talk about Cincinnati shopping some guys, maybe go shopping for Tyler Boyd. If you're, if you're Buffalo here, maybe not just make the move with Dorsey, but go get a second receiver. Um, you know, you look all over the place. There's, there's guys available almost everywhere that you could slide in as a solid number two that you probably have a pretty good chance with. I mean, you look at whatever's happening in, in New England and potentially just like maybe go grab one of those guys. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm sure they could figure out. I will also throw in your boy Cole Beasley when he was on the team made life a whole lot easier for him too just because oh, yeah. it gave you the so – it was it didn't have to be 15-yard dig routes every time or 45-yard flags to Gabe Davis. I. I was hoping Don Kincaid, when we did our preseason predictions, could kind of fill that void in a way. And those two tight ends, since that intermediate guy that he's not forcing the ball to all the time, unfortunately, with Dawson Knox's injury, it kind of made it a little bit goofy. So six and one and a half a dozen the other. We'll have to wait and see. What I do know is if this continues for the Bills, let's say they miss the playoffs or squeak in and get clapped or just say the trajectory doesn't change, I'm sending a blank check to, to Motor City with Ben Johnson's name on it. Like, sir, what do you want and how do we make it happen? I, I'm sorry, Motor City, Dan Campbell, you're doing just fine, but Ben Johnson, we need you. Or I'm looking at the nation's capital and grabbing an Eric Bien. I'm grabbing one of those offensively-minded centric guys to get him with Josh on back. All right, here's what we're going to do. Here's what you're not going to do. Cool. I'll, I'll throw another name out there that might become a hot commodity here very shortly, depending on how they finish out the season. Uh, what about Arthur Smith? Well, they already said he's coming back this year. Like, they already, they already, that, that's what the ownership I, said. I am a, in many things, but a believer of a GM of a losing team 
at some point in time with as many offensive struggles like the Falcons can have. I don't believe them very often. Well, what I will say is, Stephon, if that happens, Stephon Diggs' numbers are going to plummet. Everybody go pick up Khalil Shakur because he's about to lead the NFL in receiving yards if, if Arthur Smith comes in. Yeah, and by the way, Khalil Shakur, uh, when he's on the field, is actually a pretty viable number two option. He just – they don't draw plays up for him either. He just and seems to be the emergency option that, that Josh is like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, here you go. Oh, that's a first down. Let's do that again, guys. Oh, wait, we're not? Okay, never mind. Just kidding. And he's the type of receiver I think would fit that number two role. Like Gabe Davis is a fun deep threat, but you need somebody that just gets open underneath and maybe you get a little bit of yards after a catch, something like that. Does with Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Does that can give you – you can throw up five yards and you get eight with him as well. Stephon Diz can do that because he can do everything. But when they double team him, you're ish out of luck basically and everything gets more difficult it feels like. Call, call Stephon's best friend, Adam Thielen. You know what, Carol? If you take him off Carolina, then I—oh my God! I can't only—I can barely imagine Carolina's offense without him. It's bad enough with him. My goodness. I mean, hey, I'm just saying. You know, hey, you need a guy. You need to get playoff stretch. Go get him. Somehow, just say, hey, can you release him for us? I know the trade deadline's passed, but can you just release him? Do us a solid, please. Can, can we get this dude? Can we just borrow him? Thanks. We'll also co- coincidentally release Gabe Davis. We'll call, it, and then you could just coincidentally sign him. We'll just swap that way. We'll find a way to make it work. But we're gonna go from firings into teams that are kind of in a chokehold going into the going into the playoff run too a bit of a chokehold happening on the nba court is uh once again draymond green finds himself in a entanglement an altercation a tomfoolery something stupid i mean he's been ejected i saw that's a weird thing the, the, earlier today he was in the last three games he has been ejected ran his mouth to to your boy and jared's boy anthony edwards who then went on went on to give them all the smoke and, and just absolutely go ballistic and then gets ejected for choking out, choking out Rudy Gobert. And in games that Steph doesn't play, he gets ejected more often than not, as Rudy Gobert pointed out. It's almost 10% of the time. I'm just going to say, I we talked about this even going back to Jokic when he checked Markeith Morris in the back. Markeith Morris or Murray's? Whichever Morris twin it was yeah. in the back. When he checked him in the back, if you're going to fight on the court, I'm all for it, but you got to like face him up straight on. You got to go face to face. So Draymond jumping on his back to choke him out. And hold it for how long was it? Like from one end of the court. It was like 20 seconds. Like Like, exactly. Like holding it and dragging him across the court, even with Steve Kerr right there saying, let him go, you dumb, dumbass. I'm I'd say four game suspension, five game suspension. I feel like you can't just not suspend him, especially when you take in history. I mean, it wasn't even 15 games ago. He's stomping on your boy, and I actually mean your boy this time, Dante Sabonis' chest while he's laying on the ground. It's kind of getting ridiculous. And as he as Draymond gets older and more gray in the beard and less skills. He's turned into basically a petulant child on the court, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, he did get kicked in the no-no square here recently, which was hilarious. So Okay, so that's one the same thing he did. I'm, the same thing he did to how, how many different? I would say, like, what what are the numbers now? One to 95, something like um, that? This is this is my, my commentary. In this corner, we have Draymond Green. And in this corner, we have the world. That's literally how Draymond Green goes into every single game at this point in time. I don't know how else to explain it. This man is losing his mind. I feel like inner Draymond sounds about like Like this. I don't know how else to describe it, but he's just a small little child. And he tries to act big on the court. And like, I don't know. I don't know what else, how else to explain this. um, I've been waiting for for an excuse to use a soundboard this way. and, And I finally got it. Thank you, Draymond. Um, and hopefully, you know what, Draymond, you see this and you want to come comment on it because honestly, like, dude, I don't get it. You have no reason to fight these. You had no reason to knock out Jordan Poole on your own team, which by the way, I, I don't blame you because after seeing his sideline commentary anyways, 
um, with the Wizards. Uh, never mind. Out of all but, the things you just point out, that might be your least egregious action. Yeah, that might be the least egregious one. I'm sorry I'd bring that up. But, like, there's, there's certain guys that play in the NBA that you're just like, man, why are you trying to be a thug? Will you, if you, when you play the game and you play the game, we, you know how, you're a game changer. You are literally changing the rules of basketball in front of you. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way. Like, he's his ability to play the game and, and play it heady and with his IQ, it's... It is really challenging. It challenges every single team. It challenges every single coach that he has ever played against when he has the passion and care to actually play that way. When he's out here doing whatever the heck this was, this is just embarrassing. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm the first one that says, okay, yeah, Rudy Gobert, get him out of the league. I don't care. Softest big seven-footer I've ever seen. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm not going to choke the dude out for 20 seconds while your own head coaches be like, dude, you're being an idiot. Let him go. And you had nothing to do with the entire thing, and neither did Rudy Gobert. It was literally Jalen McDaniels and Clay Thompson. And then and, and what? You want to go after Rudy for what? Being seven feet tall? I'm it, sorry. Being trying to get in the way and preventing it from turning into a fight by kind of pulling Clay back a little bit. Like, oh no. Yeah. I mean, dude, this is ridiculous. I, Draymond continues to find ways to put himself in the news, and it's not ever good. And I, I like, I wish, I just wish Draymond would go back to early Draymond who, while he was frustrating, while he had some antics, they were far more acceptable because he was out here playing and balling, and this team was winning 72 games. Like, I don't get it, man. Just, it doesn't matter how you feel about the uh, the, the other teams, how you feel about the other players. It's in modern NBA. Dudes, will, dudes are rivals, and they shake each other's hands, and they go to each other's kids' bar, mit, bar, mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs. Like, it's... It, it, <laughs> This, these guys give each other Valentine's Day presents. Like it's like literally a, a, an elementary kid school like Valentine's Day every 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 NBA holiday. I don't I don't get it. I don't get why there's a ingrained desire to be hard or dude. You're making millions of dollars playing a kids game. Accept that. Be what it is. None of you are where you were before, so you no longer have that axe to grind. That's what makes half the NBA as weird as it is because you have guys that just don't make sense to still be angry, still angry. Or you have guys that are carrying around guns that have never seen a hood in their life. Like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. You have that ingrained need there. I don't turn this into a greater thing than it is, but God, Draymond really just, this is the dumbest thing he's ever done. I'll just kind of throw on top of it just to round out that part of it. A, I don't, you're almost 40. You're closer to 40 than you are to 30 at this point. Like, you're you don't be, man. I was Mike Gundy when I need him. You you got you got gray in your beard a little bit though like that you got to you got to find a way to control the temper tantrums, and then B, Carl Anthony Towns man you were right there if someone's grabbing your teammate like that you punched that man square in the face you mean mugged him and stood there and we're like no stop oh no you punch that man in the face if he's strangling your teammate like I know we just talked about how that was done by Draymond this I cannot accept Cat being a pansy in this situation I don't you, you don't hit him in the back. You don't change. You don't. You shove him. You choke him back. In that case, you grab him by the th- neck, face on, and lift him like you're Darth Vader without the force. At this point, Patrick Beverly said it best. Cat, I taught you better than that. I'm not one to take Pat Beverly's side ever, but in this case, he's right. If your teammate is getting strangled beyond reasonable measure, especially at that point, if you're Colin Anthony Towns, the other big guy on the on the court, you punch that man. You strangle that man. You can slap him, and I'll call it kind of girly, but at least you did something. You got. You must strike that man in some way, shape, or form if he's strangling your teammate like that. Alternatively, I will say I don't mind what Cat did because it doesn't surprise me. 
as the superstar of the team, don't get involved. Well, Anthony Edwards is a superstar on that team, though. Uh, yeah, but Cat still thinks he's the superstar. So as the superstar well. mentality of the team, I, and even honestly, if, if Rudy Gobert's out there, Cat is a viable option offensively. I just when Rudy's out there, there's nobody that's a viable option on that offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't blame Cat for not getting involved. I don't blame Anthony Edwards for really not really getting into the the grip of it. And but the reason not, I blame Cat is because the altercation is happening right here, and you're sticking your face in their mean mug, but you're not actually doing anything. You're like, you're like kind of playing patty cake with his that's arms. That's like modern you. NBA to me. That's like that's the thing. That's the problem with this entire modern NBA conversation is like. That is what the modern NBA is, and Draymond just takes it did a little extra mile that Draymond tends to take it. It's like, Draymond, we're not in the 90s, dude. You're not Bill Lambeer. You're not trying to intimidate anybody. Nobody cares because they know at the end of the day, you're going to call them and invite them on their podcast after they have a great year or after they have a mediocre year, but some drama happens on their team. Heck, he's probably going to have Rudy on his on his podcast to go into the Olympics. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, this is ridiculous. I stand by it. I need Carl Anthony Towns to show something there, especially because as we've talked about, as you mentioned, modern NBA, he is, you've been yelling at him since we started this podcast because seven footer who spends more time on the three point line. I need him to just, I need him to if, at least yell at Draymond, like scream at him, do something. Don't mean mug him for two feet, two inches away. I need you to partake somehow. If you're going to be that close and partake, at least do it right. I've been asking for Cat to be somewhat intimidating his entire career. And you know what Cat's given me? Meow. This was I don't, his need, I don't need I don't need house cat. I need alley cat. This need, was his chance. He would all if if he throws Draymond Green off of Rudy Gobert, we're talking about a different story. You're saying I forgive you, Cat, for these last few. No, years. I'm still not saying that, but I'm saying thank God you finally showed a backbone. You're getting close. We're getting closer. We're getting, getting, getting much closer. Is my point. Like it's like, yeah. if he, I, I just need something. But anyway, that's enough. We want we don't want to go too far into this. We've already spent enough time on this longer than we thought to. Last topic here in the tip off. Uh, it looks like it, you finally split. It's finally happening for you. It looks like Bailey's happy season is right around the corner. Is Mac Jones reportedly is going to be benched for this week? They're going. It looks like Bailey's happy is going to be the guy with Will Greer as the backup. So, uh, Patriots making a late run for the playoffs or not at all? Just a little bit more fun here and there. It's going to be a four win win streak here for the Patriots. Let's go. Um, no, I, they're not going to get the playoffs. Let's not kid ourselves. They're not probably going to end their winning record. Probably an eight and nine. But you know what? It's going to be an eight and nine team where right now look what the, look what they are. One of the worst teams in the league, one of the worst scoring offenses. And then, like, you actually do have a bit. There are players with ability. Hunter Henry is out there. I mean, he does exist. Eight and nine, you say? So you're saying they go six and one down the stretch? Eh, okay, maybe maybe, maybe I'm being embellishing a little bit. All right, fine. I'm going to change my answer to, okay, they're going to get six wins. Eh, okay, so- they're going to get five wins. Let's, let's just cap it off at five wins. I'm going to give it a five win. Anything above that, it's 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 a big win. Okay. I'm going with the plus 100 odds of five wins. So basically you're saying they just play themselves out of the Drake May and Caleb Williams sweepstakes most likely. Oh, absolutely, because that's going to be what the Patriots do. And yet they somehow, they're somehow they going to somehow manage to get a top quarterback nonetheless. I mean, somehow they'll get Michael Penix. will slip to them at like 10 or something goofy. And it's like, oh, well, that'll work. Or Bo Nix. Or Bo Nix. Yeah, your boy Bo Nix. Or knowing them, they'll take Spencer Rattler. Who knows? In tournament of God. Anyways, I stopped. Well, speaking of which, I gotta say, Kelsey, uh, for this one, you've been a little bit more alive and live more than usual as well. Too, even without the light, you seem to be a little more. You seem to be a little more up, up and about, a little more bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah, you know, I, I normally am a, a little bit more uh, calm, uh, but you know, you mentioned cat first of all. Um, that that's gonna upset me, but no, we you know we also have a new partner, um, and and it's important we we do mention these guys. Uh, something I've always struggled with, and something that you know, DJ, you and I have talked about off-air a lot. I don't really ever bring this up on-air. Um, you know, I mentioned the doctor's appointments occasionally, but yeah, there's, I, I struggle with a lot with, you know, 
daytime sleepiness and a lot of drowsiness, things like that, and trying to stay awake. Um, it's always been an issue, especially as I got older. Um, many different reasons for that, but this company reached out to us, Magic Mind, and um, they came up with a uh, you know they have a a drink that is actually meant to assist with these type of things. It's you know some people might call it a nootropic. It's not. It's, it's kind of something you take along with your normal morning morning routine. Um, it's this little, honestly, this little green drink. It's actually really cool. Um, just this little thing, it, you know, when it, it's directions for drinking is actually hilarious, by the way, it fits perfectly with our mantra, uh, shake, breathe, and then drink. Um, you know, just, just kind of stay relaxed out there. It is, it's, it's actually really good. I enjoy it so much. Um, you know, it's something I'm, it's something different. Something I'm trying to, you know, try to improve my health, trying to get better. I don't know how much longer I'll be, you know, here, but it wasn't going well the, the way it was before. So, uh, trying to improve that as long as possible, extend that time period. Um, and you know, this, this guy, good, good things in you. You have, you have ingredients in here for cognitive processing. Um, you have ingredients in here, which by the way, if you guys have heard lion's mane mushroom, that's in here as well. Uh, you have matcha for energy, B vitamins. And then by the way, stress management, which we all need a little bit of stress management in our life. Cause we all can't punch things for a living. Um, so ashwagandha, turmeric, amongst other things that are in this, in this small little drink. Um, I take it every morning, uh, take it with my little V8 energy shots. I got to say, I, I have enjoyed it. I've been doing it for three days now. Um, as you mentioned, a little more energetic. Uh, I actually made it through the day today without yawning for the first time in, I don't know, seven, eight years. Um, so that's been an impressive feat. Uh, but no, shout out Magic Mind. I've, uh, you know, loved working with you guys for so far. And honestly, um, you know, we'll talk more about them for the next couple of months here. But um, look, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, part of our partnership with them, we get to give you guys 56% off of a subscription with the company. Um, all you got to do is head over to the link in our bio, type in the code HIGHLOW20, you get 56% off, which is fantastic. I mean, look, I'm not saying this is much. It was $20 for a five-day count. It's like $100, $120 $120 a month. Um, it's fantastic. It's something, like I said, you take it along with your your whatever your morning routine is, whether that's coffee, whether that's an energy drink, whether that's all of the above. And it tastes 10 times better than coffee. I'm sorry, coffee drinkers. I just I don't get it. I don't get your fascination with it. It doesn't work for me. This tastes a thousand times better. Um, if you're a beer drinker, you know what an IPA tastes like. This tastes like a better version of an IPA. Less pine cone, more lemony, I guess. I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's really unique. But no, it's, a, it's it's really fantastic. Um, you know, one of the things they they always offer is seven plus hours of steady energy. I've been going since six o'clock this morning. And as you said, I'm, this might be the most energetic show I've had in, I don't know, uh, I'd say a couple months, probably. Um, I got to use my soundboard. I mean, come on, let's be let's be honest here. Uh, reduce stress, focus, and mental clarity. I, I will say, I, you know, I don't know how much of the focus and mental clarity I've gotten so far, but I will say it's been three days. Um, I, I mean, when I sit down to do a job, the last three days I've gotten it done, and it feels like I didn't get distracted, which is usually my biggest issue. I'm about as ADD as it gets when it comes to you know sitting down and trying to do a project. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's it, I absolutely enjoy it. Um, you guys, again. Give it a try. It's got a money back guarantee, which is something that you can't say about many of these companies. If you go out and try any of these like fancy green drinks or cleanse teas or whatever you want to call them, they don't have a they don't offer a hundred percent money back guarantee. This does. Uh, as I mentioned, head over to the link in our bio at and for Magic Mind and enter the code HIGHLOW20 for fifty six percent off of your subscription. Now, if you already have a subscription, that's okay. It'll count for that as well. It'll give you twenty percent off. So not too shabby, huh? Um. As we continue to talk about this, I'm going to talk about more and more of the aspects. I'll, I'll see how it goes as I continue to take it. Uh, who knows? Maybe by a month from now, I'll be like, I don't know if we'll be able to handle me, just me on the podcast. I don't know. 
be far too much energy, maybe. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so far, so good, as always. Uh, be sure to follow them over at Magic Mind on all social media, especially Instagram. And check out the story. I mean, it's honestly a fantastic story of how it started. Um, and, you know, guys like Joe Rogan, I, hate, I really hate name dropping Joe Rogan, but honestly, when you when you get a product by Joe Rogan, that's actually something he talks about regularly, especially a guy who talks about nootropics as much as he does. And he takes it regularly. Um, you know, there's superstar uh, surfers that take it. You know, there's there's people in all different ilks and different industries that do that that talk, that talk about this product and they, they drink it themselves. So it's worth, start, worth trying. So go ahead and give it a try. Uh, like I said, money back guarantee. Can't beat that as well. Um, Hilo20 is the code over at the link in our bio or on the description for any one of these videos that you hear it in. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Being able to be a little awake means you don't have to panic as much, too. Worrying about time, waking up, going to sleep, that sort of thing. God, well no, dude, you don't even know. I, I was able to get up and like get ready this morning. And like this, so this is this is obviously one of my big problems. I don't I hate getting up in the morning because it's just like it's frustrating. I was actually up, ready, awake, and like I'm like, oh wow, I have 30 more 30 more minutes before I even have to leave to get to work. Like not even before work, but before I have to leave. So that's another and that's like an hour and a half before I have to actually be at work. So it was, it was insane. I, I didn't know what to do with all my free time. Well, now you don't have to panic about that, which leads us now into the main event. And for the main event, playing ourselves a little bit of a game. We're gonna call it, we're gonna call it the panic meter. We're going to look at a few teams that are kind of on the cusp and we're going to rate them one to 10, how much they should be panicking. So we're going to start with the aforementioned team. Those Buffalo bills, uh, super perennial super bowl contenders, as we thought table crushers themselves, Kelsey one to 10, where are we put in the, where are we put in the, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo bills on the panic meter. Because of their division. I'm not putting it that high. I'm gonna put it at about a six. Eh, I'm gonna put it at a five. I'm gonna put it at a five on a panic, panic, panic meter. Not crazy, not terrible, right in the middle. I'm not panicking, but I'm ready to panic. But then again, Buffalo has had much worse, worse seasons in their in their fan, fanship. So Buffalo Bills fans, probably not the most panicky of all of them, but I will say there's probably a little bit of panic. I'm gonna put them at a seven and a half. Like oh. you mentioned, their their division, it's there's a the Jets are in flux, but you've already lost to the Jets. The Patriots are bad. You've lost to the Patriots. The Dolphins are leading the way. You're only a game and a half behind, which is nice, but you're going to have no tiebreakers. You have to win the division to get in at this point because wild card wise here you're going to lose all of these tiebreakers. You've lost to Zach and Mac this season. That is not a very good rhyme you want on your resume. And you still have to play them again. It's not over yet. And you still have the Dolphins again. And you got the you got your Cowboys and the Eagles and the Chiefs like that is a murderous schedule and your cupcakes you've lost to, so I'm gonna put it at seven and a half. It would be higher. I honestly it would be lower if they didn't fire Ken Dorsey. Firing coaches, whether for better or for worse, I always add half a point. But at the same time, I'm worried. I'm re- I'm a little bit worried about them because they ha- I don't see how they make a wild card. I really don't. I you're gonna lose a tiebreaker to the Bengals. You're gonna lose it to pretty much everybody else at this point because your AFC record's kind of poop. Like you keep losing the AFC teams minus the Dolphins, really. So maybe they can go on a streak. Maybe they solve it. I don't know. But I they have to win the division. They're lucky they beat the Dolphins already, and they're only a game and a half behind because I think it's five to five to six and three, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So you're not too – if you can at least tie the Dolphins, you'll be in good shape. But uh, you, that's a good luck with that because the Dolphins don't lose to the Zacks and the Max of the world. They find – they are – they're not quite can crushers like the Cowboys, but they're pretty darn close. Uh-huh. About as close as it gets, which is my point. They, they, I mean, you get to the Cowboys and you're above 500, you're good. They're not going to beat you. 
problem is if you're the Bills, you will lose to those teams. That, that, that's the catch. So that's it. I'm worried about I'm worried about it. So I'm going to go seven and a half for them. But speaking of them, we did kind of mention them. We'll stick in the AFC. Your Cincinnati Bungles uh, sitting at five and five as well, too. They at least have the tiebreaker over the Bills. So they're sitting ahead of them slightly. They're the ninth seed, if I'm not mistaken. Slightly above, slightly above the Bills because of the head-to-head. Where, where are we looking at? One through ten. Yeah, this one was much higher this morning. Um, before the news with Deshaun broke, I think I was much more fearful for where the Bengals could be. With the news of Deshaun, I feel a little bit more comfortable. With the firing of Ken Dorsey, I feel a little more comfortable for the Bengals. I don't feel like they're going to lose as much that at, the, at the end of the day. I think they're going to be able to beat the Browns at the end of the season, week 17 or week 18. Um, I do think, you know, that's that, that what January 7th game they have against, that's against the Browns. Week before that, they play against another AFC North team. I, I think down the stretch, we'll see the best Bengals. I, I am concerned, but I'm, I'm not as concerned. Um, again, I, the, when you, when you sent me this list this morning and before I read that Deshaun, was hurt and when Ken Dorsey got fired, I was sitting at about a six and a half. After seeing those, I'm gonna put them right there with the Bills at a five because I think one of these two teams is gonna make the playoffs. Predicting it now, one of the two teams makes the playoffs, which is why I'm a five on both of them because I don't want know which one is gonna make it yet. But I think one is gonna make it, one's not. Um, and if they both make it, then I feel uncomfortable putting them both at a five anyway. So uh, but right now I'm just gonna put them at a five. And these are the two teams in the AFC I think are going to make it that are currently out of the playoff picture. I'm going to put them at a six and a half. And the only reason it's not really any lower is if they would have beat Houston, they wouldn't be on this list. They Because they'd be in cruise control at this point. Problem is you got to play the Ravens on a short week on Thursday now. If you lose that game, let's just hypothetically say they lose that game. I don't think you can lose another game. I think you have to run the table to have a shot at that point. Because that'll get you that'll get you to 11 wins, I believe. Maybe you can lose one in there. Like say you have a stumble to get you to 10 wins, but... Realistically, look at the AFC, 10 wins is the requirement, and that's not even a guarantee at this point. Like, a prerequisite feels like 10 wins. If you don't get 10, look, like, there's seven, there's, there's like six teams that are not division leaders that are at least five and five right so, now. Well, so, here's my thing. Take out the AFC North, right, out of that conversation. You're only looking at four teams with a plus 500 record. But there's a lot of them at five and five, same with the Bengals, too. But not, not in the AFC. That's, that, you know... Well, got that, that, in, that are that are in the AFC North, yes. That are not in the AFC North, no. Because there's every team is a plus five hundred team in the AFC North. Well, you got the Bengals, the the Colts, the Texans, all at five and five as well too. And you lose the tiebreaker to the Texans on top of it. You okay, that's fair. But do you think? I, I mean, I guess I guess I'm thinking realistic playoff shots here. I don't. I'm sorry. I still don't. I'm not sold. I'm not sold on the Texans, and I'm not. Sold, and we'll get to the Texans here in a minute. I'm not sold on the Colts either. Um, so I guess that's part of my thinking is like. Outside of those two, I'm not as concerned out of any team other than the AFC North. If they can win in the AFC North for the rest of the season, which is why I'm I feel comfortable about this, considering I just said the Browns issue. I, I'm that's why I'm not as concerned with the Bengals. I, I think I think their division is winnable because their division, I mean their division winner is probably gonna have nine or ten wins. I don't think their division winner is gonna have eleven plus wins. Uh, I, although the Ravens might have something to say about that. I just, I, I feel like we're looking at the, I, I'm I, I'm feeling the opposite. I feel like they're going to beat the, you know, what out of each other and smoke everybody else outside their division. Like they've done for the most part so far. That's possible. So it might be, it might still end up being 10. It might be like 11, 10, 10, nine as like the four divisions that right in that cluster. And I, if you're fighting for a wild card spot, I feel like it's going to have to be the 10 win mark unless everybody tapers off and someone separates the way it's looking right now. It's going to mm-hmm. be tough. So we'll, we'll make games, you have to win at least nine, which means if you lose this week, 
you pretty much have to almost you you have like you have a trip up the rest of the way. Like you yeah, have I mean, very little five wins in eight weeks. It's doable. And, but you also have to make sure nobody else ties you because you're gonna lose a bunch of these tiebreakers too. Oh no, yeah, I'm just saying just to get to ten. I'm just thinking for them just to get to ten wins, five five wins in eight games. Yeah, and you have to make sure nobody else gets ten wins too at that point. So well. five and three over the next eight weeks. And that and if you lose this week, that gets a whole lot tougher because that now your division record, if it does come down to those AFC North teams, is a lot worse because that's you've already lost to the Ravens once and the Browns once, which would mean you lose to the Ravens twice now. Let's say you lose this like it, it gets it gets really iffy. So depending on I'm gonna put them in a six and a half for now, but this Thursday is gonna be they lose this Thursday, it's gonna crank up to about an eight. Cause that means you gotta hit go mode basically. You can't yeah. you're in playoff mode after this week if you lose on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I think I think having to go five and three is 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 doable. I don't think it's ideal. I think if you could if you could tell them, hey, go four and four over your next eight weeks, they'd be like, Oh, okay, that's no problem. We'd go five hundred, cool. But yeah, I think to your point, yeah, if they lose to the lose to the Ravens, that's Oh man, that's five and two through seven weeks, and that's a little bit more difficult. Yeah. That's that's not fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think the Ravens are the big issue. If they can beat the Ravens on a short week, that's a different conversation. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have a little more faith that they'll, they'll they can get through the AFC North. I just with the injury to Deshaun, I don't think that the Browns can continue their run of things the way they have. There's no way that in my eyes that DTR and PJ Walker can give that team seven wins or even six wins. Like I, I look at four wins maximum is where those two can take you. I don't know if I can it's see more than that. Do what? That'll get them to ten though, because they're sitting. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, but like even that's a stretch for me. Like I like that is the absolute ceiling I see for them, and that's perfect games from them and perfect defense. And that's just again, you talk about the AFC North. Those fields in the AFC North are not meant for any of those two things to happen. And let's also keep in mind that the Steelers are still sitting right there too, finding stupid ways to win games despite being out gained in every single game. And that's going to take us into our next team. That's oh, by the way, the Raiders are still five and five. I forgot about them too. Who? Not sure how much I believe in them yet. We'll talk about that. We, we'll just kind of just mention. We'll we'll see with them. We'll see. But they're they're still in the thick of it somehow. They played themselves out of the quarterback sweepstakes. But it's going to take us to our next team that's still kind of fighting for a playoff spot too. The forever cursed and shouldn't have ever left San Diego. Los Angeles Chargers sitting at four and five, I believe is the record too, because they had the bye week already. So panic meter, what are we looking at for their team with the fewest amount of turnovers in the NFL? I'm looking at an eight, easy and eight. Um, Keenan Allen keeps leaving games for time periods for knickknack injuries. And, and, you know, it doesn't seem like Justin Herbert is, I mean, he's slinging it. He's doing what he can, but it still seems like that hand is bothering him. Like, I'm not saying Keenan doesn't stay out of games. But he come, he ends up coming back. But it's still like I think three straight games where he's left for at least a quarter and come back in, and I, that concerns me considering his injury history and considering you're already without Mike Williams. I don't think this team can afford to lose Keenan at all, um, and that's a concern to me. And I look at the defense, and this is I mean, God, Swiss cheese is is kind to how good, bad their defense is. Um, yeah, I don't. Their offense is, is doing what they what it can to keep it afloat, but that defense right now, I don't see it being good enough, and and that's what's concerning to me. Is so, I mean, I'm at eight on the panic meter for these guys. We're gonna continue the trend of me going one step, and I'm going nine and a half. They are at, they are at def con ten right now. So let's look looking at their. You talked to Keenan Allen. He's questioned. He's like I, don't, I think it was day to day for this week. So we might not. Oh, even okay. Play. He is actually. I didn't realize they put him on the day to day. Okay. So you're looking at a situation where Quinton Johnston, very talented guy's first NFL touchdown last week, might end up being your number one receiver. You're lucky, luckily they play Green Bay this week. So I mean, if you're gonna go against somebody, 
maybe you could five touchdown passes. What was that? Five touchdown receptions. It, it might just be at this point. So maybe Green Bay can sneak by. But after that, you got the Ravens. Obviously, we know about the Ravens. The Patriots, meh. The suddenly frisky Broncos twice. The suddenly frisky Raiders, the Bills, and the Chiefs. And you're sitting at the Chiefs have proven to be beatable. Not for, not for the Chargers recently, though. They've still they've had their struggles. What's the one game where the Chiefs look vintage this year? That well, the two games, one was the Bears, one was the Chargers. I mean, like Patrick Mahomes has that defense figured out to a T. Yeah. And you're sitting at four and five. We talked about the threshold is maybe nine, most likely ten. With the rest of the season, yeah, you got to go six and one down the stretch. Realistic. Yeah, they have the so most division. Likely. You're not getting your division. We've already that's established. You're not getting the division. They, that is out of the question at this point, yeah. barring Patrick Mahomes getting hurt, basically. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing to add to this. I feel like the, I think I, I'm I'm not shocked with your nine and a half because I thought about giving him a nine, and I was like, I'm gonna be a little nice just on the freak chance that they can pull something out here. But that division's impossible. I'm sorry, you have tough sledding. Even the even the Broncos look good. Um, so yeah, good luck now. Uh, <laughs> this point in time, it's just it, I'm just gonna give you the good luck mantra, and I'm just gonna ride with that. That is perfectly fair, and that's kind of that's gonna leave us into the next one too. Last one for the panic meter before we get into our second meter. We're gonna, get, we're gonna go to the NFC. We don't want this maybe one side out. So, and since the NFC is a little more open, we had to kind of reach a little bit for this one. But we're gonna go with the Washington Commanders to round out the panic meter. Kelsey, what are we looking at for the commies? Uh, offensively, a zero. Hmm. Um, offensively, though, a ten. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, hmm. No, I, I really look at this team as a. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say an eight, eight and a half. I, I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they're they're fire sell. You know what? No, let's just give it a nine and a half. I'm gonna go full full in nine and a half here. I think the the fire sale with getting rid of as much as you got rid of and not really getting anything back just really sold me on the fact you're not trying anymore. Ron Rivera's been on the hot seat since he really stepped foot in Washington, which kind of continues Ron Rivera's trend of being on the hot seat everywhere he goes at this at this point in time. Um, and as despite this offense and how good it it can be, again, I got a 63 point game in fantasy from Sam Howell. I, I cannot express this enough. Like, that offense is fun. The problem is nobody can protect Sam Howell. And outside of outside of Scary Terry, and I'd say to some, like, in between the 20s, Jahan Dotson, you're not getting the seven touchdown Jahan Dotson this year. He's, but been, you're getting he's the, been bad this year. They have not gotten – it is too much spread the wealth, not enough Jahan. It's bad. But Logan Thomas, I mean, this offense looks good. Like Brian Robinson looks good. Like, give me an offensive line for this – for these guys and give me a defensive coordinator that knows how to call plays. And, and you might have yourself a team that's scary. I mean, they have talent and also you need a secondary. That's it's not, care they need one. but yeah, I mean, it's a panic button because they do need a lot of help. And I think that's where they're at with it. And it's just like, yeah, we sold off our two pieces that we have. We don't want to pay next year so we can hopefully get the secondary out there and, and maybe get a defensive coordinator. Um, if Ron Rivera gets let go, don't be surprised to see Eric Bannemi take over as head coach, still going to be running the offense. Because he should. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Washington at this point, yeah, I'm going to give nine and a half. I'm going to copy and paste. We're going to take the nine and a half as well. You're sitting at four and six. Maybe nine wins, we'd say, in the NFC would probably get you a wild card spot safely because yeah. the division's already gone. Like, that, well, that's well gone. Cowboys are Cowboys and Eagles are taking up a divisional, are taking up. Eagles are about nine themselves. And a, and a wild card. Like, those are. So you're, look, you're basically fighting with like the Vikings and a couple other teams there as well. As I look at it, looking at the rest of your schedule, you can we'll be fair and say you can lose one more game to get you 10 and 7, just to be safe. Maybe even two. That would involve you having to beat the Dolphins, the the Cowboys twice, the Jets, mm. and the 49ers. 
that see the Cowboys games always give me issue as a Cowboys fan. I've watched this division beat each other up. I guess yeah, I can see them easily getting a split with the Cowboys, but but if you do that, you got to beat San Francisco and the Dolphins. Then. Yeah, good not luck. to mention there's also well, San Francisco is a, a winnable game. There's also a frisky Jets team and the Rams and the Giants in there. So we're saying they beat the Giants, the Rams, and the Jets teams that are that we think they could win. That means with the Dolphins, two Cowboys, and the 49ers, you have to go three and one in that. Their secondary is not good enough to keep up with the with Jalen Waddle and and Tyreek. And I don't think they can go three and one in that. I think at best they'd be going two and two, which. I'm not saying it rules them out. It would take Josh Dobbs coming back down to earth, though. And I don't, I'm not betting on that. I am not betting on that. I'm the rocket scientist. He knows how to keep himself in the air. Exactly. That's why I'm not betting on that one. So you'd be, so we're going to say the Vikings at this point by our trajectory is going to be in the playoffs the way they're playing. I don't see them not making it. That's I don't know. Are we, are we going to go there yet? Or do we want to go ahead and go to the next meter so we can talk about the Vikings? We're going to talk about them, but I think we're both looking. For, I'm saying where things stand right now and the way the trajectory they're going. I'm not count away yet. There's not a whole lot of, there's not a lot of wiggle room for that final playoff spot. Maybe the Commies can go a little bit, but you got having to go three and one against those teams, assuming yeah. you win the other games, is tough. And they already lost to the Giants this year, so they still got to beat them this weekend for it to even matter. So we'll see about that. But you alluded to it. We're going to go into. We don't want to go all panic. We're going to go quickly through. What we call the party meter teams that are when you look at their record, they are not part panicking. They are actually having a good old time with it. We're going to start with the aforementioned Houston Texans sitting right now at five and five. If it ends today, they'd be the seventh seed. Kelsey, one to ten. How much are the Texans partying? Oh, it's a ten. I, I'm sorry, it's a ten. I give you three wins this this season. They they have surpassed that. They have surpassed all expectations. D'Amico Ryan's right now is people are already dubbing him as the the um, successor to Nick Saban in at Alabama. Um, you know, I we we did our show our super show with uh, Matt and and um, Jared. Wow, I'm sorry, Jared. I almost literally spaced out on your name. But yeah, he, you know, CJ rookie of the year lock. I called it. See, I, you know, everybody left CJ shot of the rookie of the year. Maybe you guys didn't want the low hanging fruit. I will happily take the low hanging fruit when that dude is doing what he's doing. Five touchdowns. I mean, come on, 500 yards passing. Uh, this is absolutely insane here. Um, what he's doing. I, I you know, I'm going to give the Texans all the credit in the world. That defense looks good. Derek Singley is juniors back healthy now, and that defense looks even better. Um, so I think right now it's a full on 10 just because you weren't expecting to be here. Now, I do think it's a 10 with an asterisk because I think they're really – D'Amico Ryans is shooting for that playoff spot. And if he doesn't get it, he's going to be disappointed. But he's probably the, the – him and that team are probably the only people that can honestly say they'll be disappointed if this team doesn't make the playoffs. I'm going to keep the trend going. I'm giving him an 11 because we talked about they were – it was not looking good by any means whatsoever. We thought this was a bottom feeder season. Not only are that, they are half a game behind the division. They have the tiebreaker over Jacksonville. They play coming up, so that'll determine a lot too. It that division we talked about in Tier Tuesdays. Jaguars own the Colts. Colts own the Texans. Texans own the Jaguars right now, and they're all five, 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 six, four. So yeah. Houston's a they're a stone's throw away from the division lead. So I'm gonna put them in eleven. They're not only in the playoff hunt; they're in the home playoff game hunt by not even that much either. They have to be smitten with that game against Jacksonville coming up. That's the issues that game against Jacksonville. Jacksonville undefeated at, at, in away games. That game going to be in Houston. Um, Trevor doesn't seem to lose away from home. So to be fair, that's also including multiple games in London, which is really hey. Jaguars. They just hate Duval, which is understandable. You've been in that stadium. You Man, said- I could I could rip. I wish I had magic mind when I had to go to that stadium because my butt was not making it up there awake. That is for sure. I'm pretty sure I sleepwalked my way through the last three rotations of that thing. If it was I mean, God, I'm actually, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go down to TIA Stadium, 
And I'm going to climb up those things with Magic Mind, and that's going to be the real test. That, that'll be the test. It'll, be, it'll have glowing reviews based off of what I've experienced so far. Find yourselves a nice incline and put it to the test. But we're in agreement. All good for the Texans. Next, the aforementioned rocket scientist-led Minnesota Vikings sitting now at 5-5, five and five, if I'm not mistaken, as well, too. Well in the thick of the playoff hunt. 500. But I think the second-best win streak in the NFL right now as well. Absolutely cooking. I'm, what are we looking at for the Minnesota Vikings? I'm going to go nine. I think this is also another team. I think you look at them and, and you thought, okay, Kirk went down. <laughs> Justin Jefferson is out. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Um, you know, you, you, you're you saved in, in his first appearance. Literally, like it feels like the first 72, um, his first 72 hours in Minnesota by Josh Dobbs, never taking another snap from, an, from one of those centers, never giving his cadence to any of these linemen before. Uh, the only, by the way, fun fact, the only guy he's ever worked with is TJ Hawkinson, who he works out with in the offseason, which just seemed to have come to light recently, um, which is why they have such a good connection. Um, but yeah, I, I look at this and I think I think you are celebrating right now because when you saw Kirk and Justin out of this roster, you're like, I'm done. I, they we're done. There's no coming back from this. And and well, guess what? You're not done and you have a chance to win your division. So yeah, I'm going to be celebrating if I'm a Vikings fan because this might be your best chance to win a division without Kirk Cousins. Absolutely. As well. And I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the year, and it still hurts me to admit the fact that Kirk Cousins was a little more than mid this year. He, he was, honestly, he the way the trajectory is on, he might have been in that MVP candidacy the way things were going as well, too. He might be the front runner if he could have stayed healthy. But I'm going to go ahead and give him a nine as well. The only reason I'm not going to go the full on 10 for the reasons you mentioned is during the Josh Dobbs, I don't, I'm trying to think, the Josh Dobbs, a, the fun ride that it's been, I guess we could say so far, these couple games, as wonderful as it's off. been. The takeoff, yeah, exactly. The blast off. The they ignition beat. sequence. During the ignition sequence of Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. There we go. That's what it is. And he came in, absolutely incredible performance against the Falcons, where Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith his way out of that one as he normally does. And then they beat the Saints, who, if they weren't in the NFC South, would be on the panic meter because they are they make absolutely no sense as a team. They are up and down all over the place. Good wins. I'm curious what it's going to look like going down the stretch when they have to play the Lions twice. You have the Bengals in there as well, too. You have the Frisky Broncos and the Frisky Raiders as well coming up. So I'm going to go with a nine for them as well, just because it's awesome. But at the same time, as you mentioned, this was a team with playoff aspirations coming into the year. But then, of course, they took a dip when you take out Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Then you were one and four. It's I'm worried. Do you play yourself out of another rebuild stage? Like they've had the issue with as well, too. They get stuck (laughs) in that weird thing. And that's me thinking ahead from the far and away analytics side for the Vikings themselves. They are smitten and it's Josh Dobbs season, but I'm going to go with the nine. The only reason they're not getting the 10 is because of that go- goofy situation, if that makes sense. But, but we'll see. I mean, that's if they beat the Lions even once, that's a, that's a 14th crank that all Josh Dobbs season. He's the quarterback of the future. Kirk cousins is free to go somewhere else. Fair. I am. I'm accepting of that. We're going to stay in the North. Now we're going to go to the AFC North though. We're going to go to the team that has not had a losing record since before the Obama administration. We're going with, the Pittsburgh Steelers sitting at six and three, comfortably in a wild card spot. And depending on what happens this week, if they beat the Browns and uh, the Bengals beat the Ravens, they'll be in first place in the AFC North. I don't want to celebrate. I don't want to have this as a party. I want to make this a miserable who on me panic moment, but I can't every week. I just can't do it because they keep winning. I want to be like, your guys' offense sucks. It's the sixth worth, fifth worst offense in the league. You know, your defense, sure, it's great. You're led by TJ Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick. Absolutely. Been out for a month. Yeah, well, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> but still, yeah. you know, it doesn't make sense that this team keeps winning, and I'm just 
How do you? How are you so bad at offense? How is your 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 offensive coordinator basically out the door, holding on by a shoelace's shoelace? Well, and, I mean, and, yeah, and like and, and getting a promotion while out the door, and you're winning. I don't. I'll never understand it. I, I, so yeah, celebration in Still City. I, I'm gonna say yes, it's happening, and it's an eight, and I don't like it, but I'm giving him an eight because if I give him anything higher, I might puke. I'm gonna give him an eight and a half reluctantly in the same manner. On the same on the top they've been outgained in every single game this season. All nine games they've been outgained. They are terrible for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter when they basically say, you know what, screw it, can you just go play like you're playing at Pittsburgh down the street? Suddenly he looks pretty decent. Deontay Johnson got in the end zone finally. George Pickens had his moments. Najee Harrison, Jalen Warren's an interesting one-two punch, how they kind of have it working. Like it looks pretty good. Roger Jones has mauled people these last two weeks. He has come alive finally when he's getting the chance. Their schedule, you have the Browns, the Bengals twice, the Ravens, and the Seahawks. Granted, you have the Patriots, Cardinals, and Colts. So you have a few cupcakes and then a few hard ones in there. And then a few, what the hell do we do with this? And we'll let so, you assign which ones are which. Yeah, exactly. Like, they can all be applied how you feel. So I feel like the winning season, Mike Thomas streak, is still on the menu. It's all about a lot. It's a safe bet. We're gonna. I'm going to have to wait and see, though. Like, I feel like they have seen such a cluster. So I'm going to give them an eight and a half. But, but it feels so unsustainable at the same time. Like, they can't feel great about the like you feel great for the wins you never apologize for the wins but looking ahead it's like we can't keep getting 110 yards a game and win this just seems so under god this this is the reverse of the la chargers it's the, the chargers offense game. should be winning all these games yet they can't the steelers offense should not be winning any games in the nfl but they are and i'm just you put those two teams together you have an undefeated team Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. We'll go ahead yeah. and round out the last one on the party meter. Broncos country, let's ride to above 500 for the first time in a, in a while. It feels like sitting at five and five with a chance to kind of turn things around. Kelsey, where are we sitting for your good friend, Russell Wilson and the Broncos? Uh, I really was excited for this one because I get to be a, a super nerd for a second. Um, uh, let me make sure I get this right. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to give them a. 5.280 uh, on the on the scale. If you guys don't know why, it's because they're at a mile high. Um, and there's 5,280 feet in a mile. And therefore, 5.280. I even added the zero, even though it wouldn't exist. Or I might give them a 4.2. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But you know what? I don't really care that they're 500 because you're in a division where you're in. And even the Raiders are 500. So you're not impressing me. Uh, yeah. You, you got lucky that the Bills had a 12th man on the field for your first field goal attempt. Should have lost. Um, he was rushing off the field. And and again, you know, it's not like they're winning convincingly. Javante Williams does look better. He looks healthier, but it's not, I, I'm not still not convinced by watching this team. If they threw a stat out in, in the Monday night game about the Broncos, that since Russell Wilson is in the league, he has the most scramble yards after five seconds in the pocket. That's disgusting because that means the dude just sits there, which I've said all along, waits to the pass rush, gets to him, and then he runs out of the pocket and scrambles for a positive gain, making it look like it's impressive. It's not. It's stupid. It's just a waste of time. So I'm not going to give them a party. I'm going to say you're very neutral here. Maybe some po some people brought some party poppers are like, boom, and a kazoo plays, but that's that's all that's happening. You're nothing crazy. Well, I'll, go, I'll, I'll be more generous. I'm going to give them a seven and a half. 
because Russell Wilson looks competent again, like not just it doesn't look like it was last year where everything was coming off. Right now he's not turning the ball over relentlessly. He is still making plays because Sean Payton strapped some real heavy anvil-sized training wheels on that offense. And it is very, very much there is no cooking around here. We are eating lunchables in this kitchen. And if worse comes to shove, then we will let, then you can make some plays like we saw that court and sudden touchdown when it breaks down it. That sort of thing. Javante Williams, you mentioned getting the ball. Defensively, since that Dolphins debacle, they've been a lot more respectable. They've actually had some really, really good games in there, holding the Chiefs to 19 points and nine points in the two in those two games. Holding the Packers under 20, the Bills 22 and getting the takeaways. It's been so I'm gonna give a seven and a half because it makes the Russell Russell Wilson's not the biggest issue with this team right now, which I think is a big deal considering what you gave up for him and where going into the season, we're like if and even after those first couple weeks, it was if they can't figure this out, they're toast because they can't even replace him at this point because you have no draft picks, you have no money, you have no nothing. I think right now there's something sustainable to build on there. Are you catching the Chiefs? No. Am I picking them to make the playoffs? Absolutely not. But at this point, the draft pick you traded away is luckily, I don't know. I'm just going to look at it as a little, it's positive that there's a sign that there's something to build on there, I guess. But at the same time, there's still a long ways to go. But you no, at least ended a seven-year losing streak to the Chiefs, so I give you seven and a half for that. You know how much of a, of a reach that sounded like, though? <laughs> like you were like, I give you this for this, and a little bit of this, and a little bit of. I mean, know. I don't love them. I'm not saying that here they come, Broncos country, let's ride. But I'm saying, you know what, Silver Lions, because you have not had a lot of them in the last couple of years. Here's my argument against the lion against the, the Broncos success. One, they weren't takeaways against against buffalo they were giveaways aka josh allen is giving away free tickets to the ride and every bronco was invited to um, the great john man he's gonna throw you plenty of them you gotta catch him and there were some times when they don't catch them so at least they caught them. they still didn't catch over 50 percent of them and that's what's embarrassing is they could have had a whole lot more takeaways there does gabe davis but he's still a starting receiver for the team Fair enough exactly um and this is baseball here folks uh, but no, I, and also, you know, you talk about the, the, the chiefs. Well, Taylor Swift wasn't in, in attendance for that game. So you know what? That doesn't count either. Give me a Taylor Swift game against the chiefs. And I guarantee you the chiefs blow the doors off of them. All right. Well, I'm, before we get off that chiefs and the Eagles play Monday night, Taylor Swift's an Eagles fan. Does she show up to that game? <laughs> uh, because I know Eagles fan, I pray to God. Taylor Swift does not show up to that game. I'm sorry. I cannot see it I, because she is a diehard Eagles fan. She has been admittedly so a diehard Eagles fan. Her family has season tickets to the Eagles. Um, so if she shows up rooting for anybody, it's going to be for Jason Kelsey. And that's not a scene anybody wants to be a part of. Uh, because, yeah, I don't like. I don't know how that would work. Would that well, galvanize she Travis? She like, shows up, Travis goes off, which is bad for the Eagles, but she's supporting him. She doesn't show up. That's good for your Eagles, but doesn't show support and is bad for Travis. Either way, she is wrong and right. Yeah, like she's in a no-win situation here, and 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 people are like, "Oh, why does this matter?" This matters to sixty-two million people right now that Taylor Swift is going to be there, and what she's going to wear matters because these people are die-hard Swifties, and we're just like, "Yeah, but what about Travis and Jason?" Like, you know, I don't think the people understand this in, in, this entire conversation, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I mean, it's more joking. I bring it up, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I hope she doesn't show up for her own sake because I if. She shows up and wearing anything Travis wise, and it's not Eagles green. She will get booed out of that. They have thrown snowballs at Santa Claus. Okay. That's all I got to say. They have thrown the Easter bunny down the stairs. I don't want to see what happens to Taylor Swift. 
She has the ultimate excuse, though. Just wear the other half of the Donna Kelsey dual jersey. Like she, she were the one that that she wears to those games. Just wear the other half of it. It's Even okay. Donna Kelsey wouldn't wear a split jersey in this environment. She does wear it in that environment because they're also in the nice sweet box too. Yeah, I don't care. Philadelphia fans are menaces. And to be fair, Taylor Swift's got that. She's got that good, good security money. So good luck. She better be sitting in a booth, sitting right on top of the scoreboard, because I'm not getting anywhere near where anybody can throw anything at me. And that might not even be safe because these Eagles fans have shown their ability to climb, and they do have bolt cutters. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust the security on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take. I don't trust anybody in Philadelphia to stop Eagles fans from being Eagles fans. There are Eagles fans, but there will be Swift fans in attendance too, and that will break out the great war of our time. It will look like Helm's Deep because they will be there, and they will see someone trying to go after her, and we will see the battle of Helm's Deep take place in the background where Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes part two is the second act of this. Yeah, the will not be paying attention to what's on the field if that happens. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Absolutely not. And so, Ooh, over under on bedazzled jerseys, 50% of the crowd or under 50% of the crowd? Yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Friendship I, over 50% we'll of the we'll crowd? We'll see a little bit under. A little bit under. Okay. Because right. that might be a little chilly. I think I think I think we'll see. I think we'll see over on the on the friendship bracelets though. Oh bracelets. Yeah, that might be over. I thought you were talking about the jerseys. Jerseys a little bit under. Bracelets take smash the over. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But that does it for our our our, our main event here brought to you by Magic Mind, our brand new partner. Um, by the way, if you guys and do a shot, head over to the link in the bio. Enter the code HILO20 for 56% off, 56% off your subscription. Um, and if you already have a subscription, 20% off of your next order. So not too shabby there. And DJ, I know we don't have a whole lot for crunch time here, but crunch time presented by Outlier. Bet smarter, not harder. Head on over to outlier.bet slash Hilo Sports. Is it still Hilo Sports? I can't even remember that one. Hilo Sports. Yeah, definitely go check that out. See if you can win a little bit of money betting smarter, not harder. And crunch time, we don't got a whole lot for you guys today. We're just going to go ahead and kind of round this one out. So, Kelsey, I think we should tell, send everybody to take a look at Tier Tuesdays. Be sure to follow us on all your favorite places to catch podcasts as well, too. We appreciate you all for joining us, and we will see you all again next time.